Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Today is extra, 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 extra special because I have been wanting to do this interview ever since I started my podcast, Stephanie Kochelski. We've been trying to pull this together and finally, five minutes before this even happened, we pulled it together and we got you on. Thank you, Stephanie Kochelski, for being on today. (laughs) Well, Tina, it is an honor and I loved how we started this. Tina was standing, audience, so I didn't see her face. I saw her (laughs) upper thigh and waist and everything in between. So I was like, wow, kind of, what is this call about? Uh, Tina. I was was adjusting my computer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but Tina, I, I'm very excited. I uh, love your entrepreneurial mind. I also love your family, your standard, your quirkiness. Uh, You are the best Uber (laughs) from Grand Rapids to Sterling Heights I have ever had. And I'm delighted to be here to speak to your peeps. Thank you, Stephanie. I know you're going to change some lives today for sure. I've been really, really counting on this moment. So let me tell you about Stephanie Kochelski, her artistry, her exuberance, her expert skills and extensive experience make her one of the most sought after artists worldwide. She's aligned her career path in the John Mitchell, Paul Mitchell family. It's a decision she made from beauty school. Dream jobs do come true from being an educator, artistic director, global stage artist, running the show, events, and education department, to now giving back to the industry as a VP of key customer relationships. This balance of art and culture and business is a true gift. Globally, she continues to inspire hairdressers with hair from behind the chair to the runway, working as a salon hairdresser at a Robert Cromine salon. Stephanie puts her five-star service to the test and lives the Paul Mitchell dream. She's committed to making hairdressers successful. Stephanie invites you to discover why Paul Mitchell should be your partner. Stephanie's motto is bring your talent to work, but don't forget your responsibility. Stephanie, I am Paul Mitchell, the school, Paul Mitchell, the salon for life. As you know, you and I share that for sure, because Paul Mitchell has changed my life. But I'd love to hear your untold story, maybe that people don't even know your story, why you chose Paul Mitchell and how you got to be where you are today. Oh, well, Tina, get your crystal ball out. (laughs) Here it comes. You know, I think VP stands for very Polish or very persistent. I'm not really sure there. But my untold story, uh, I was born in Philadelphia uh, and kind of grew up around uh, the corner from where Rocky Balboa was filmed. So very, I would say, low end of middle class and just very normal immigrant people working nine to five, you know, living their lives, dreaming their dreams, family. My cousins lived across the street, you know, for money, I would go scrub people's steps or carry their groceries or whatever, you know, just to get five cents. 
Sometimes I even sang on their steps. They must have been really bored. <laughs> but uh, we moved to New Jersey, and that was like a that was an upgrade <laughs> uh, because I got to go to the beach, and uh, I worked at the beach, the Jersey Shore. Uh, and what I love the most about it is I surrounded myself with the carnival, the carnies people that ran the rides, people that worked games of chance. I used to sell darts or lady, lady, come here. Here's three softballs. Win your daughter a big stuffed animal that doesn't fit in the car and you're going to hate me for it. You know, uh, as a young kid, I jumped out of home at like 12 years old and started working at the beach. So I've been a maid at a hotel. I've been a waitress. I've served coffee. I've been a bartender. I worked in a jewelry store, engraving, making baby bracelets, selling jewelry. Um, I'm kind of like a Jill of all trades, you know? But what I love is I love my upbringing. It taught me how to be me. It taught me how to understand normal people because you could have been the richest person on the block and you still couldn't have spoke English. But if you were nice to people, people helped each other. Uh, you know, I grew up, there, I went to beauty school in Philadelphia, and every Wednesday, I would go to my grandmother's to take her grocery shopping, and after we shopped, she, you know, we'd come home, and their whole house would be filled of, like, neighborhood people, and my grandmother would translate what I needed to do, and I cut, and I cut their hair and set it or whatever, and my grandmother, you know, I really, you really get to know people when you do their hair, you know? So I've had the pleasure to know my whole family, maybe just a little bit more because I'm their hairdresser. So one day I decided enough is enough. My sister was in college in California and I'm like, what will it take? Um, I used to work, uh, there's a train that you get on. It's not the subway, it's the L, it's the elevated train. So it takes you from different portions. I would take the L and the L stopped at a nine floor department store. And at the time, this department store was called John Wanamaker's. It's awesome. It was like, as a kid, it had everything in it. The Christmas shows. You could go breakfast with Santa Claus, Mrs. Santa Claus, Santa Claus's son. I don't know who was there, but a lot of people. You know, it was like a magical kingdom, kind of like my Disney World, because we didn't have Disney in Philadelphia. But I worked there at the, at the subway entrance. There was a salon, and it was six bucks for everything. You wanted a wash, it was six bucks. You wanted a treatment, it was six. Cut was six. Perm was six. Relaxer was six. Shampoo, I mean, blow dry was six. Uh, any iron work was six. So I was the master of six. Uh, and also Philadelphia is a very uh, diverse town, uh, city. So I'm working with people that didn't come from my neighborhood. They came from other neighborhoods. So you had, it's like a, United Nations, so to speak, but working there taught me that I can do any texture of hair. Working there was really where I got the art of the upgrade. It wasn't easy. It was a commute on the bus, on the L. I was like, damn, it's got to be something easier. So once I had enough money, uh, my father owned a mobile station, a gas station and car repair service. And I saved up my money to go buy a brand new car. And I walked into the dealership. And if you looked at me and you looked at my father, the only difference is I got boobs. You know, like I looked really a lot like my father. <laughs> so the guy knew me as Frank's daughter. And he goes, why are you buying a new car? Where's your dad? And I go, well, my dad's taking me on enough car buying places. 
you know, I've been on trips. I've been buying cars with my dad almost like the whole, my whole young childhood just to get out of the house and go on a ride. Um, so I bought a car and then my dad told, called me that night and he goes, Hey, meet me here. So I went and met him and I had a drink with my dad and he goes, you're moving to California. I go, yeah, how'd you know? And he goes, well, the car dealership called me and told me you were buying a new car. And they said that I was trained really well because I got a really good price. So that made me feel good. And he goes, why don't you say something? And I go, because I know you're not prepared to have me leave, but babe, I'm out. So my sister came home. We drove cross country. I got a job working in California in 1984 at the 1984 Olympics. Uh, wow. I got to do the gold medalist from Canada's hair, shave in those rings and color them with crazy color on the side of the head. Uh, you got to be a part of that momentum of what it felt like to be a champion. Um, I think that three months or I don't know how long the Olympics are or whatever, you know, I got to see people every day because kids are vying for the Olympic gold medal, but they're also vying for the chance to become spokespeople for merchandise, for corporations. So they got to look good. And I was glad I was available, you know? Mm. Uh, so like being there around that champion circle and then after the Olympics, you know, the circus left town and I was left and uh, I didn't have a license for California, but I had to go back to school. So I had to get re-humbled and back to school first hair show reunited with paul mitchell who i had met in beauty school in philadelphia and he goes i remember you you're the girl that likes to smile and shampoo i'm like here for duty sir and that wow. day i probably a week later i signed up and i've been with john paul mitchell system since 1985 and uh the untold story why did i want to become a hairdresser because tina i was probably how tall are you tina Five, four. Okay. <laughs> shorty. Well, all right. Well, Shorty, in kindergarten, I was five, seven, and probably the size of you, yeah. three more inches. Um, I was always a big kid, you know, uh, taller than every teacher, except my sixth grade teacher, who was six, four, and a man. Um, so I always never really fit in. And my mom used to go get a wash and set every Saturday. And she dumped me and my sis off at beauty, at not beauty school, at uh, like dancing school. And we would go dance and then we'd come back and tap dance for the ladies under the hood dryer that were asleep and smoking a pack of cigarettes. And then one day I walked in and I saw the rollers and I started to look at the rollers in the tray and the clips, single prong, the double, wrong and back then I was probably still so OCD I had to clean everything so I took all the rollers and I wiped out everything the lady loved me but what I loved most was my mother's hairdresser uh she was a taller woman her name was Berta uh when there were no girl scout uniforms because in kindergarten <laughs> I was probably as big as the troop leader uh she made me a girl scout uniform mm. When there were no gloves to fit me, this woman was a seamstress. She made me gloves for my small little hands. Um, she made me feel like I fit in. She made me feel like I mattered. She let me run and I'd answer the phone in the salon. You know, I'd clean it. I'd organize all the colors. There was a bunch of wigs hanging. I would kind of wash them. She told me what to do. I'd stick pins in them and I don't know. I was a hairdresser when I was probably in first and second grade, you know, 
And then through my life, uh, you know, growing up in the city, you learn how to kind of stand up for who you are. Confidence has never been a problem, thank God. I think I got a little extra. Maybe that was the three extra feet in me, you know. Uh, I feel like uh, hairdressing, I wanted to just pay it forward with that determination from the Olympics of becoming a champion from the love and admiration I felt in beauty school from using and recommending Paul Mitchell products and knowing how hairdressers made me feel. I think it was an utmost decision to become one. Uh, so like it's been, uh, you know, I've been a hairdresser since 1983 licensed. Uh, I'm licensed in four States. <laughs> I feel like I'm a bandit, you know, California, yeah. uh, Nevada, Philadelphia, New Jersey, uh, but yet I think it's the most wonderful job I could ever have. I'm delighted that I chose Paul Mitchell. They've changed my life. They've made me the girl I am. If I was Dorothy on the way to the Wizard of Oz, I've met so many other people besides the scarecrow, the lion, and what the Tin Man. I've met some of the most amazing people that aren't friends, they're family. They're people mm -hmm. that have known me for 35 years and they know me. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? So for me, what I love about Paul Mitchell, size doesn't matter, race, creed, color doesn't matter. We're about making hairdressers successful no matter where you live and what your definition of success is. Um, that... I've had a career the way I've had, you know, I've worked in, I've gotten to do a photo shoot in Monet's house, the famous painter. Uh, I've been in castles in Spain and Germany with kings and queens doing crazy little updos for weddings and just nutsy things. Um, I have a lot of stamps in my passport uh, and all because hairdressing, but I think it's deeper than hairdressings. It's how you show up. It's how you're ready. The minute I leave my house, I am on. I'll do a seminar in the elevator on the way to the airport, you know, and the minute I shut off is when I'm at home and I lock my door and that's my, my little 600 square foot apartment is my little kind of solstice. It's surrounded by plants, probably about four pieces of furniture, a couple of crazy art pictures on the wall, you know, and uh, some weird looking dishes and stuff that make me kind of feel like I'm still on the road, you know, always looking for something new. Um, and I think that reinvention. I've had to reinvent myself so many times. I've been stopped from health reasons two times in my life that have really made me look at who I want to be on the next trip on the roller coaster. And, uh, you know, to me, I take care of key customers. So I don't care if it's your first day in Paul Mitchell, the school or your last day in one of our favorite focus signature perks salon. Uh, I'm here. I'm here to help you through whatever it is you need because I don't, I haven't done it all, but corporately I've held a lot of different jobs. 
Uh, I've had the pleasure to travel the world with my partner in crime, Robert Cromines, and our salon staff, uh, working and help executing and growing the artistic direction at Paul Mitchell, uh, mentoring the young artistic directors. And uh, I just, I don't know, sometimes I just got to pinch myself and say, are you kidding me? You're, you're a kid from the back streets of the world and you've had the, one of the most, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm still wondering what the hell I can do and what, how I can make a difference. And I fight for it every day, just like we all do, you know, uh, I'm hustling. I'm a hustler, hustler, mm -hmm. you know, I know you can do the hustle pretty good. Yes, that's girl. Together. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to entitle this, uh, be a hustler. <laughs> Okay, good, good, I love it. Because <laughs> you are a hustler. And, you know, since you were 12 years old, what's, what's that, why, Stephanie, why since you were 12, were, were you forced into it or was it just a culture and a lifestyle for you? Um, my grandmother used to call me, she spoke with a heavy Polish accent, so I'm going to try to mock it or mimic it. She would always say, you big boss. Uh, for some reason, I always told people what I wanted to do and I would just do it. I wouldn't ask permission, I would just do it. Um, me and my sister, we were at the beach, our aunt had a house and we stayed there with my mother for a bit and my dad would come down on the weekends cause he was working and you know, uh, and my sister said, it would be really cool if we could live here. I go, well, let's ask Aunt Rita how much she'd charge us to live here for the summer. It was 500 bucks. I go, how we got, let's make 500 bucks. What could we do? So we got busy and we made 500 bucks each, you know. I said to Aunt Rita, I go, is that all up front or can we pay it like a car payment, you know? Uh, and then my sister's like, you tell mom. And I can remember her having my mom and my dad in our back patio. Me and my sister were sitting there. I go, we're going to go work the, at the beach next summer. And they're like, where are you going to live? I go, we're going to live at Rita's. And they're like, did you ask her? I go, already done. I go, I already got my first payment. How'd you do it? I go, remember that job? <laughs> wow. So, um, you know, I just always had felt that there was something bigger and better. Um, sometimes the people that are in your neighborhood, they can be like-minded. They might, oh, I live here. They're never looking to get out. And uh, my grandmother was ill. And while she was recuperating, she stayed with us. And uh, a physical therapist came to the house and his energy and his, he captivated me at the front door when I left him in. Like he got my grandmother, a Polish immigrant, who was a lovely lady to do shit that I never saw her do. And his attitude was everything. And I was like, wow, I want to be more like that guy. Um, our friend Tim Story says the roof was too small. The roof was too mm -hmm. small. The neighborhood was too small. Um, I got to go to high school with, I went to high school in a different area than where I grew up, how to take the bus in, you know, whatever. Uh, I went to school with kids that had had a different upbringing. Maybe they were sons and daughters of like lawyers and people that maybe had a little bit more equity in their life so it made me want more you know and uh i've always been a worker bee i'm not too proud to do anything if i'm doing a hair show and there's you know stuff on the floor i'll get the broom and get it i'll be washing hair coloring hair dressing models doing make whatever it whatever's necessary 
I don't feel we're ever too good to say no to any opportunity. And especially showing younger people the way, I think even in these times uh, is an opportunity, you know? So how do we deal with what's in front of us and how do we take the road to success? You know, emotions are great, but they don't sustain you. I think systems that you can follow to help build your life uh, really help you kind of get involved. I think habits are involved in your systems. The way you show up is involved. Uh, I love to write. I'm like, I took a drafting class. I think I could have been an architect, but it was too much, too much math for me. I can't even imagine that. But what I took from architecture is writing with really cool pens and pencils. And uh, I love it. I love writing. I love doing like, uh, during this time, I've changed goals to projects because goals have a date on them. But I can't really make a date of when I'm going to execute something now because times are changing. We're rebooting, you know. Um, Mother Nature sent us to our rooms because we've treated the planet kind of weird. So I'm looking at what I can do daily to get further on my projects. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of moving the needle, just like gaining or losing weight. You get, I'm weighing myself in to see where I'm at and where I need to spread my wings, what habits maybe that are on the projects could I work on? Like right now I got a puzzle on my dining room table. I don't even know why I ever bought such a conundrum of a puzzle. <laughs> uh, it's of a beetle and I cannot wait to finish it. Like I feel like I'm gonna wear it like a prize fighting belt, you know? Um, I think there's a lot of things that I have done through habits that have helped me see where we can go. Uh, whenever I've been at a crossroads with an opportunity or a big move, buying a new house, buying a car, selling a house, selling a car, I've always had to look at the pros and cons and where this is going to get me in my life. Could I afford a new payment? Could I afford the insurance that's necessary on a new car, on a new house, um, and I've had to kind of like graph it out and really do some kind of quick math to see if it works because I never wanted to get in a hole that I couldn't get out of. So like you tell me you want to burn the house down. Let's go, Tina. But <laughs> calculating it and making sure that we're all safe, I think is another thing. Uh, you know, they say, look before you leap. Many years I just leaped, but now I'm looking before I'm leaping. Uh, I'm calculating how far that jump is because I want to make sure that I have what it takes to make it to the next level. Yeah, no, that's so good. Okay. So I put, uh, here's what I put. I said, be a hustler number one. And I, I want to go back because you said something so big and I think everyone goes through this. I don't care who you are as a teenager. You always see something that's wrong with you. And you said, I never fit in. And so you saw that, but yet something propelled you to move forward. And you said, you stand up for who you are. What was that 
what's that untold transformation in you that enabled you to believe in yourself and stand up for who you are? I mean, you're not a normal kid. I mean, kids <laughs> don't start working at 12 and then move across the country to California. You're not normal. You're very uncommon. But the book Brianna and I just wrote, it's coming out soon. It's called Be Uncommon. And you are that person. You're that well, uncommon person. I think, you know, um, just not wanting to be in the same place as I saw others be in. Um, you know, my parents, you know, I lost my parents. I lost my father when I was 23 and I lost my mom the day that Paul Mitchell, the school opened January 2nd, 2001. So when I look at my life, you know, as a young girl, I had some great mentorships. Uh, my grandmom used to tell me some crazy stuff when I would do her hair. Uh, and she was kind of like uh, the lady of the neighborhood. Like you needed something, you went in and saw Jenny. She had something, she knew everybody. She had somewhere you could get a job. Uh, she had a room that was a sewing room. There were women, like women that would come from Poland that would need a place to stay so they could work money, like work and send their money back home to their families and stuff. And, you know, some of these women like transforming their life, you know, imagine coming to another country, not speaking English, not knowing anybody. So I think my grandmother was a bit of the United Nations. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> or she probably got a cut to smuggle people in, you know, I'm not really sure there. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, I had some very unique people in my life. You know, I had an uncle that as a kid would like teach me how to box. He taught me how to work out in the basement on a picnic bench with two <laughs> weights. Uh, you know, I used to roller skate in the basement. One day I went through the wall at my dad's office and he didn't know what happened until one of the pictures wasn't right. And it was a picture of my mom, you know, uh, uncommon. I think I didn't want to be common. Uh, and I love common the entertainer, but, um, <laughs> I didn't want to be like everybody I was surrounded by. I knew I was destined for something different. Because when I met specific people, they left an impression on me. And that impression almost made me shift and adapt into another individual. Mm -hmm. uh, you know me, Tina. I don't have a problem mouthing off, telling people what I think. As I've gotten older, I've gotten smarter. I count. I choose my words. I learn from the four agreements. Um, I think uncommon is, is just the strive to be different, to know that there's an endless path of who you can become. Uh, people says, can you do this? Yeah, I can. Now it might not be up to your expectation, but like right now I cut up a bunch of jeans and I'm making slip covers for my couch in Idaho. I love it. You know, I'm <laughs> like, it's like choosing colors for highlighting. Mm -hmm. And looking at the grid of where am I putting a low light in here? Am I putting a highlight? Uh, when I get bored, I just get a new pair of jeans and add it to it. You know, um, I think when you look at who you were destined to be, 
like as kids, I watched the Flintstones. I watched the Jetsons. The Flintstones were like kind of the modern day dinosaur age where everybody mm -hmm. was Rockosaurus or whatever. And then the Jetsons were cartoons. And I really feel people are all cartoons when I look at them. You know, um, I never knew that there would be mechanical maids called Rosie. Right now we're doing a Zoom call. Well, when I was a kid in the 60s, George Jetson's boss would come in on a Zoom call. You know, today I've had green drink, pink drink, a smoothie, <laughs> some tea. Uh, and yet, you know, that's not anything I ate or did as a kid, you know? Um, so I think there's other possibilities, but you've got to get into a group to understand if you want more, it's available, but you got to work for it and you got to look for it. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Know? Talk to someone right now that's just kind of stuck and, and doesn't know how to look for it. And because I, I watch, especially right now, because I, I believe with a crisis, it reveals true character that, you know, what you poured into your life years ago is coming out right now. And I've watched some people just really, really kind of fall apart right now during COVID pandemic. And, and it, it wasn't, wasn't a surprise to me, Stephanie, because I saw signs of it before as well too. But I think a lot of people just really struggle finding who they are. And we always keep saying, be you, be you. But I, I think the culture of our society gets us to keep looking at, other people on TV, uh, the media, of course, and we got social media gets us to kind of do have that comparison disease. And I know you and I didn't grow up with that. So we had we compared ourselves to cartoon characters, you know, I like the Brady Bunch, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was looking, uh -huh. and Little House on the Prairie, of course, I wanted to be Laura Ingalls growing up, she was my my mentor, you know, and so when we look at different people with mentors, talk to that person right now. I love what you said. Stand up for who you are. There are endless, there's an endless path of who you can become. And one of my quotes is to have, do, or be more, you have to become more. And so I've, I've been endlessly searching for who I could truly become. And I've been going on that soul search really since 2013, Stephanie. And so talk practically how someone can kind of I don't, uh, I don't really like finding yourself, but to create yourself. Well, I think that's really it. Um, you know, almost this July will be two years since I had a, a food allergy that turned into brain surgery. So I was stopped for sure. And uh, I had to rely on friends to make health decisions. And I told them if I die, because of a decision you made, I'm going to haunt the bejesus out you, you know? <laughs> so they know what a pain in the neck I am right now. What would I be like in another dimension? Um, and that fight to come back was a fight because I couldn't really see out of my right eye. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't comb my own hair. Uh, it took me about a good month before I could even like just look in the mirror and see myself and notice that my head was shaved and I had a big old scar. And that was kind of, you know, hard for me because all of a sudden I was like, ooh, I was just on stage. Yeah, well, maybe that was your last time. So did you enjoy it? Did you live it to your fullest? So I think it's time when you're looking to become more, it's time to inventory yourself. 
And when I inventoried myself, I started at, what are you great at? And I wrote down what I thought I was great at. And then I assembled a dream team and it's five people. And I asked those people, do you believe that I'm great at this? Can you give me your opinion since you know me so well? And if there's something that I haven't mentioned, could you let me know so I don't have to go back and try to fix what's not broken, you know? Um, I also hang out with some of the most incredible people on the planet that are very uncommon. Mm -hmm. uh, some of my family, when they have met some of my close <laughs> friends are like, where the heck did you find that one? Uh, <laughs> so whoever's on your dream team, listen, respect, love, even though they might not speak the way you want them to speak, even though they might not say all the loving things, be able to take it when they tell you that you ain't right or that, hey, little girl, you need to slow it down. Uh, you know, just take it because they know you probably better than you know yourself. So first thing, what are you great at? Is establish a, de a dream team. Yeah, I um, love that. And you know what, like I have some of the best people on the planet uh, on my dream team. I would say it's Robert and Mary Cromines. I would say it's my great friend, Joyce Campbell. Uh, it's a team of people. They work at a place called Indigo Dragon. They're health practitioners, acupuncturists, physical therapists that have helped me get back. Uh, I have a friend who used to be a hairdresser who studies people. She's a real estate agent. She's lived a few great lives. Her name's Tanya. Uh, Tanya's, I call her the talk doctor. Uh, she has a lot of great spiritual advice to help you get through things, over things, but she also helps you kind of align your thoughts. And then I put my godson on my dream team because I can be one sarcastic individual. And for some reason, that little shit loves me and I love him back. So we had a discussion one day and I answered in a very sarcastic way. And then his response was, Stefan, don't you think that that person deserves a second chance? And I looked at him and I said, shut up, Gandhi. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, he has the power to level me with love. And uh, mm. I just adore him about that. So select your dream team. Also, wow. deselect people that don't bring you joy or serve you. Um, so many people, if you're going through a problem, all they want to talk about is their problem. Find people that can listen to you with love. And then when you're finished, they can answer you back with the way you want to hear what they need to say. Um, I think, you know, I have a list. If it doesn't bring me joy, I don't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I do yoga every Sunday in San Diego when I'm home and then they do it virtual. So I've been doing it in my dining room and it's been hysterical. 
Uh, and there's a couple of movements that don't bring me joy. So yeah. during those movements, I do squats and I'm okay because I have to substitute where my joy comes from and not put pain in a place in my body that doesn't serve me. So I think, you know, uh, joy and I think service, what brings me service? Um, so I think there are a couple of things. And then also, you know, how do you be uncommon? You study people that are uncommon. I, my mother bought me this book from Walt Disney. And I, you know, I can't really ever say that I read the book, but I've looked through it a million times, but yet I've had the pleasure to go to Walt Disney with John Paul DeJoria. I mean, I had my own Mickey Mouse with me. We had a little private tour. We went in and saw stuff in Disneyland that I can't ever forget. It made such an impression on me because they overmanage the property. They find out what's working, what's not working. They're planning to make sure you have a great day. The trash cans are 28 uh, feet or 27 feet away from each other because that's the science that they know. Because at that point, if people can't find a trash can, they're going to litter. And nobody litters in Disneyland. They're also the most expensive trash cans ever because they were only purchased once and they're repainted. They're repainted something like every 90 days or something mm. like that. I remember Strange Crip. That's cool. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, when I was in beauty school, my mother bought me a book. Uh, Mom liked to buy books, I think. And it was of... It was called Orovision, and it was a publication from Britain from a hair color company. It's funny, that hair color company wow. uh, years ago made Paul Mitchell the color until we took it over in our oh PI. Oh, my God. Make it. So there was this weird connectiveness. Uh -huh. um, but in that book, I met industry icons that I, I like every day I just looked at their work and it was strange and it was unusual. And these people are uncommon. And I remember the day I got to meet several of them, Paul Mitchell being one, Robert Lombetta being two, Irvin Rusk, Rita Rusk, uh, you know, just people that, Trevor Sorby, that changed our industry. And yet I was looking at them before I even knew what our industry was. Mm. So what's coming into your lens? Are you sitting watching Netflix? Or are you looking at the lens? Uh, I have a good friend. She's our creative director at John Paul Mitchell Systems, Lucy Dowdy. And no matter where we are, we do uh, a tea time. And it's once a week. Sometimes we're drinking tea. Sometimes we're not drinking at all. Sometimes we meet at Neiman Marcus and think we're real fancy and sit there and have a Ooh, a cappuccino, you know, and then I'm like, Lucy, this is your tab today, you know. Um, but like, I called Lucy last night, and uh, we had our catch up time. And she's like, hey, have you watched this on Netflix? And have you watched that on Netflix? And it was like seven days, the preparation before the Westminster dog show. It's seven days on how uh Chanel builds their area and what they go through uh, to appreciate what's on the other end of it. You have to appreciate what people have gone through. So if 
you want to be uncommon, you might have to do some uncommon things. Yeah. You know, I never thought I'd be a bleached blonde because of what everybody in the neighborhood thought of bleached blondes when I was a kid. But the minute I became a bleached blonde, it was like, woo, I'm a new woman, you know? <laughs> and every four weeks, maybe not now, but in the future, you know? Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe it was dressing different. Maybe it was changing the way I worked and executing things. Uh, you know, one day I watched a hair show and I looked at this woman doing hair on stage and her assistant dropped stuff, wasn't there when she needed a pin or a comb. And it just, oh, it made me mad. So I walked right up to her at the party afterwards and I always have a business card in my purse. And I said to her, I said, I'll never drop a roller. She called me two days later and I traveled around the world with her for four wow. years. So she was like my fairy. She was like, uh, what's her name? Like Julie Andrews with the British accent, you know? Uh, she made me step it up. So you got to find mm. people outside of your zone. Um, and I think like uh, always willing to be here, what you got to change. Yeah. And, That's you so know, good. another part of my dream team, I just grew another finger, Tina. Uh, is a gentleman at Paul Mitchell. His name's Luke Jacob Ellis. Luke's yeah. president. He's had a couple of title changes. I love Luke. He's the best. Uh, you know, he's had a deal with me on some. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a hey buddy calls. Hey yeah. buddy. <laughs> uh, and like some of the stuff I like had to talk to him through a piece of paper because like I couldn't believe he had a, I couldn't believe I was in that room, but the way he handled me has given me uh, so many great ways to help others. Uh, you talk about leaving it at the river, Luke left it at the email, you know? Uh, so like, I just feel like uh, hanging out with giants mm. is a good way to be uncommon. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm always surprised how giants are available, too. You know, I think so many people, including my future professionals, they don't think that I'm available. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is, I exist because of you. And I know Luke feels the same way. And so I think you got to get rid of that mindset that you have, you know. So I put down a number one, be uncommon, uh, stand up for who you are. Number two, gratitude. I want to go back for a second because you found that creative love, love what you do, love who you do it with, love who you do it for. And that's something that I absolutely love about you, Stephanie, because I've watched people in this industry kind of come in and out of the Paul Mitchell world, um, come in and out of all kinds of different companies. They kind of like, I don't know if you want to call it job hopping. It's kind of like bar hopping. <laughs> and I'm not sure why that existed. Um, but I believe you being a hustler, being uncommon is what caused you to stick with one company and make the most of it. And, and so how, do, how have you done that? What's that untold story for you? Um, I think the most important thing is, you know, sitting in beauty school and watching Paul Mitchell do hair, had a finger wave and get an ascot on. Uh, uh, and he would turn around with just the most 
poetic, justified, like, voice and soul. I need a shampoo. That was a horrible English accent, but um, nobody moved. And I'm like, shampoo, shit, I can do that. Wow. Um, you know, like, what was I good at? I was good at rolling perms because I could do it, you know? So like perm tech, easy, chemicals, got it. I've been mixing chemicals my whole life, you know, uh, through all the crazy jobs I've had, you know? Uh, I think the untold story is there is how to get a giant, you know, uh, sticking with Paul Mitchell. You know, I changed my mind so much. That's one thing I never even thought to change because of how the family and the culture enveloped me. Um, I also lived in Santa Monica, California, and our corporate offices are out in Santa Clarita. It's 38 miles or from my old front door. So 38 miles, that's less than a half an hour because I got a size 13 on the gas pedal. So I would go out to corporate and say, hey, what can I do today? Um, you know, distributorships have changed. Uh, I can remember the day Paul Mitchell passed away. A couple days later, Luke Jacob Ellis worked with us. A couple days later, the existing distributor that I had started out had closed. And I went in to meet the owner like I was going to buy the property. I'm like, hi, my name's Stephanie Gachelski. I'm a... <laughs> Educator, can you show me your property? I'd like to see your warehouse. I'd like to see where we meet. And I said, can I offer a suggestion I have off tomorrow? Can I come in and get that room ready for Paul Mitchell? Because you have nothing ready for our systems. And I decorated their whole education center. I cleaned it out. And I can remember looking at John Maley and he's like, you know, he's like, who is this woman, you know? <laughs> Uh, but like, there were so many great people there. I used to roller skate in the warehouse with one of the guys after work, we would just close down and we would roller skate for whatever stupid reason, you know, um, I've always made wherever I am home. And, uh, there's never been a reason for me to look for something different. Uh, there's never been another company that has showed me the belief and trust that I have here at John Paul Mitchell Systems. Uh, maybe a year or something ago, I was at some beautiful dinner and I had the pleasure to sit next to her my boss, John Paul. And he said, Stephanie. And I felt like I was doing something wrong. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, who's the oldest person besides your family that you know in your life? And I'm like, you know, theme song. Theme. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> and then I looked him right in the eyes. I said, JP, it's you. I've known you for 35 years. Yeah, my sister, I've known a little bit more and my uncles and my aunts and stuff like that, but you. So like, that's pretty amazing. And if I think about it to this day, because of John Paul's legacy, I also used to do his mom, Yvonne's hair. So I got to hear wow. a lot of stories about John Paul and the family that are all awesome because they're nuggets of why these people became giants. So, um, again, because I was a hairdresser, what a pleasure, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, when I think about our culture, our commitment, I'm just delighted. I'm so delighted and grateful that someone values me in that manner.
And there's been times when, you know, I've been the art director, I've been in charge of shows, events, and education. That was a big job. And then one day it was just too big for me. I looked in the mirror and I'm like, who are you? You're, you know, Excel, like what is going on? <laughs> I lost my creativeness and that just kind of killed me. And I was told no a lot because I had some outrageous ideas and I'm like, mm -mm. so I said, when there's a position that you feel I'm qualified for, I would love to change. And then about three weeks later, I got a uh, call come into my office and I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> and they're like, well, remember you asked us if, I'm like, yep. I said, before you even open your mouth, I got two questions. Do I get paid the same? They said, yes. I go, and where can I live? They go, anywhere you want. I go, I'll take the job. They're like, do you want to hear it? I go, no. Because I know the company I work for, I trust them. Um, yeah. They trust me. Uh, so that's how this new job came to be. And whenever I'm at a point, like I sent my manager, wonderful Pete last night, an email. And I was like, dude, I need to connect with the mothership. I've been out here too long on my own. Uh, it's been about a month since I've spoken to my manager, you know, uh, unfortunately I'm busy. He knows I'm busy. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I connect when I need to, but to have that sort of influence and I'm on calls every morning with our department. I'm on calls every day with the sales force. I'm on, I'm on calls, you know? And so my life has become a phone, but then I get to go out. <laughs> you know, I left my apartment this year, January 3rd, and I came home March 3rd. I'm not the coronavirus. I did not spread it, but yeah. <laughs> I was in three countries. I was in Canada. I was in throughout North America. And I was also in Europe in seven countries. I did 12 cities in, I don't know how many days, 20, 46 days. It was awesome. Uh, and I was glad to come home, you know, and they're like, Ooh, what would happen if you would have been stuck in Greece? I'd go, I'd be married and pregnant right now. That's what would have happened. You know, <laughs> so like, uh, <laughs> Uh, I think like uh, there's just so many wonderful things about Paul Mitchell. How long's your program? So good. I, I love that you said about when I talked about gratitude, but you also added in trust because gratitude builds trust. So whatever they saw for you, I was just talking with Sean Chido, who's my CEO, and we were actually coaching a salon owner just a few minutes ago. And we were talking about that, how, how he has a goal but I see more and more and more before for him. And so how do we bridge that gap? So this is what I see for you, Sean, and this is where you see yourself. So how can we bridge that gap? And so, and he trusts me because he has so much gratitude through that process. And that's what I see with you, with the team, with Paul Mitchell. And, and I love that. And then number three, I put always be ready. And I love that you said that because with Paul Mitchell, you were ready. You, you said, I've been prepared for this. You know, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare because you're a hustler. So you learned how to do a great shampoo and you're like, I know how to do a shampoo. What keeps people, what holds people back and talk to them right now, because we just had our salon team 
Kelly Cardenas spoke to our salon team three Tuesdays in a row. I mean, he poured it on with our salon team and it was so beautiful. There was, there was a lot of transformational moments, Stephanie. And, and then he said, any of you that want to talk to my team about what just transpired over this past three weeks, so to speak, text me. Well, only two of them texted him and they got on and talked to the team. And I was so darn proud. But what, and I was waiting, I was just waiting in the wings to see who was going to do it. Of course, I was hoping it was going to be the whole salon team, Stephanie, but it was two. What do you think holds people back from just saying yes to that type of opportunity and encourage people in the future to say yes to something like that? Well, you know, Kelly's an important kid of mine. I feel like I'm his bobby pin mother. Uh, <laughs> You know, we've had many magical moments, some tears, mostly laughs and just total craziness. Um, you know, when you have somebody like him in your presence and when that gift is offered of get in touch with me, see what it's like. Um, you know, that gift was offered to Kelly and he called Robert Cromines one night at like 1030 at night and that's how he got in our business. Um, you know, I think what holds people back maybe is bravery, mm -hmm. fear, you scared to change. You know, uh, to me, I've always got three things on me every time I leave my house. There are scissors, a comb, credit card, and my uh, passport. And You're ready. I'm ready. Uh, one time I was in Canada and Luke called me and he goes, hey, Steph, can you get to New York tonight? I'm like, hold on. Found out the flights. I go, flight's 250. You ready to pay 250 bucks to get my ass there? <laughs> said, I'm in. And I go, and he said, thanks for checking on the cost before you flew. You know, and I'm like, I could have told him it was $100, you know, or whatever. But, you know, uh, so seek approval and then just be ready. You know, one time uh, Robert and the team were in, uh, I think it was North Carolina. And uh, they were on their way to Madrid, Spain to do a hair show. And uh, one of the cases by accident was left behind. Well, it was the case that had the finishing portions of all the wardrobe and we were stuck. So we called the school and we asked the school what kid would like to fly a first class ticket <laughs> because the show bag was heavy and we knew it was easier to go first class than coach and come to Madrid who has a passport. You know who ended up came in? Come in was Lisa, the owner of the school. Yeah. She was the one that had a passport. So yeah. like um, ready, set, go. Can you imagine? Like Lisa had an amazing time. I know I was right there with her the whole time. But like for a kid to first off be able to go to Europe. Oh my God. You know, um, you know, like uh, I think it's be ready. And I think. I give my phone number out at every class I speak to almost. I've since we're in this reboot time, I've just been giving people my Instagram so that they can DM me 
because my phone and my computer right now are set for business. So I'm trying to keep new business on my Instagram or mentorship or questions via Instagram. And my Instagram is my last name for anybody listening. It's K-O-C-I-E-L-S-K-I. DM me, follow me, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. But <laughs> I think some people just don't know how to cultivate their words. Um, I sometimes, even though I could talk your ear off and have for many a year, find trouble in words. So I'll sort pictures to help me. But sometimes people just don't know what they want anyway. You know, so if Kelly offered people to call them and he didn't, well, God bless the two that did, because then that shows you that those two are looking for advancement. They're looking for something. Uh, You know, I'm always like, like a fly with 17 eyes, you know, me too. what's Mm -hmm. going on? Like, and then all of a sudden shiny, something shiny comes over. (laughs) so um in life you're presented with so many doors Mm. and so many windows it's easier to walk through a door than crawl in the window kelly offered them a door and they didn't take advantage so what holds you back um you know i mean really the only thing holding me back right now is a virus yeah You know, so Mm -hmm. I think people got to stand up for what they want because there's so many people that don't have the opportunities that some of us are so luckily they're right in front of us. Um, So far this week, I've spoken to probably over 800 beauty school kids. Yeah. And I love that. And it's just, it's just saying, yes, just always be ready. And you never know what can come out of it because Uh it's when you give, you receive. And just the mere fact, just giving to his team. I mean, every time Kelly has called me and I've been near my phone and he says, Hey, talk to my team. I'm ready. I'm always ready. And you know, I might take a deep breath and say, what do you want me to say? And then all of a sudden, boom, something comes out, you know, but just always be ready and always be ready to serve. And that's something that you kind of added in there too, of being a hustler. Uh, But number four, I put get around higher minded people. And you did that. You got exposed as a kid. And I mean, what kid moves across the country and goes to California? How old were you when that happened? I don't know, 18, 19. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And then you stayed and you didn't have any family out there. I have my sister. Your sister. So we were roommates until I could afford to get my own apartment. My sister likes a lot of animals. They don't work with black clothes. <laughs> uh, plus, we both have, you know, she's pink, I'm not, you know. So um, sometimes what's somebody else's choice might not work for me. So I've got to make sure that I'm complete. I've got to mm-hmm. make sure that my, my needs are met the way I like them. I like, you know, I could live in an empty warehouse with just, electricity and you know maybe a couple of matches and a frying pan and a fork and a shower and a bed you know like I don't need much uh because my life is abundant and the less I have the less I have to move you know that's good we we were joking at Easter we had brunch together on the phone and uh 
I was eating chopsticks with chopsticks. My sister goes, are you finished yet? I go, no. And she goes, well, why do you eat with chopsticks? I go, so I don't eat so fast and I enjoy this meal that I've presented. And she was done, you know, her and my brother-in-law were done. <laughs> and then uh, there you have the pleasure of celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. And they're like, yeah, we've lived in this house for 25 years and we've been married for 25 years. And then I went and counted all of the places I lived. And in 56 years, I've lived in 24 different places. Wow. And I probably forgot a few, but so that means for every like two or three years of my life, I've moved into a different location, but I didn't, you know, whatever. Like I like change. And I think some people are like, oh, you're moving again. Like my sister's like, where are you living now? Like they've never even been to this apartment. I had to give them a video tour. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to change your location. I think the longest place I've ever lived as an adult was a house I bought. And then with the change in my job, the house wasn't working. So it was, I had to look at the business and my life is my business and my business is my life. So sell mm -hmm. the house and get a new, a new look or a new something, you know? So don't be afraid to make changes uh, and learn from your mistakes. That's good. I love it. So I put uh, number five, I put uh, build great habits. And I love that because I think not being afraid to make changes is a great habit yeah. to have as well too. So that's really powerful. And then number six, I put take calculated risks. And I love that because since, since your surgery and, and since, um, you know, your brain surgery, this is something that, cause I believe a crisis reveals right priorities. And then you, with that crisis, you've been able to sit back and say, I need to take calculated risks for my life. I need to get back in alignment here. What was that untold story for you? Was there like a moment um, that you thought maybe I'm going to die here and, you know, I'm going to live differently. I'm going to become somebody different. What was that? What happened in that moment? Well, it was interesting. Like, uh, I can remember waking up from surgery and seeing Mary and Robert in my room. And I just looked at Robert and put a big smile on my face. I go, dude, I remember everything. And then I probably fell back to sleep. Um, you know, the cast of characters that were in the hospital, the hospital's never seen people like that. So that was pretty awesome. But I had people <laughs> that surrounded me there. Um, there was one night that Heather Kahanoi, God bless her, was with me. And that was probably the, the worst night of my life. And Heather and I call each other shimmy because we're always kind of moving our shoulders and dancing, looking for a good time, right? So she goes, shim, how you doing? And I go, kid, I don't go out this way. So, yeah. and I kept on telling myself, I don't go out this way. But because good. I've had the opportunity to come back, um, you know, every once and again, I mix words up, but. I've been doing that for years. I can't spell. I couldn't spell before, you know? Um, I have all my faculties about me. I just, I maybe move a little slower. And, you know, for somebody that's 56, you're not 30 anymore, girl. Give yourself a break, you know? Uh, I just, you know, I talked about this before. I had nine permissions that I couldn't do right away through my recovery. And I've taken 
all eight of them back except one. And that's just a habit I don't need to do anymore because my life's more important than that habit, you know? So like, what do you do? What do you say? Who do you want to be? I think I came back for a reason. And my boss, he says, you didn't come back for a reason. You came back with vengeance, girl. Uh, You know, I want to ride the first wheel again. I want to, you know, I've, you know, I don't think money's important. I think money gives you fun tickets. So how much fun do you want to have is how much you want to work. So I like to ride the Ferris wheel and go around and look at the world and do different things. So I just want more fun in my life. I want more adventure in my life. And I want someone to kind of, you know, share that with as I get older. But I think the most important thing is I got to be true to myself, true to my values, true to what I say and do, and just keep moving, you know, because otherwise, you know, I could have, I could have just said, Hey, you know what? Thanks for the great ride. Peace out. But uh, uh-uh, I'm back. You know, yeah. um, back with a vengeance because you're a hustler. I love that. <laughs> and I knew that was going to happen. And, and I knew when you're when you were going through that surgery, I just I prayed for you. And I'm like, she's going to be fine. She's perfectly fine. She's a fighter, you know, and you are. And and I put number seven, Stephanie, as establish your dream team, but be coachable with your dream team. And, and I always tell people, make sure that you get around truth tellers. Oh, yeah, that's a good and one. I'm stealing I, that. I love the fact that your godson is one of your truth tellers. It doesn't matter the age, you know. I think experience is sometimes overrated with people because sometimes age comes alone, you know. <laughs> and so I love that you said, what was the best lesson that you'd say you've learned since then? What's a transformational moment? You, you mentioned something level with love. I, I heard you say that. And I think one of mine, Stephanie, in the past you know, few years is just really honoring people's journeys and not, because uh, not, I see this in people, but sometimes they see this and there's like this huge gap, you know? So it's like, okay, the gap is to honor. The gap is to honor them and to, you know, challenge them, but honor them. I think it's being in tune, Tina, to where you are, and where you want to go and knowing that, you know, I'm in my house. I'd love to go to the movies or to the mall right now. It's not available. So, all right, I can make a movie here. I can go in my closet and put <laughs> post-it notes on my clothes and pretend I'm shopping. There's so much life in all of us. How much you want to live? You want to live a little? You want to live a lot? I like to live mm. big, man. Um, I like to respect the path of others. Um, you know, I'm like napalm. They shoot me somewhere and I land and I've got to dispense and do a job. Um, I've got to make friends instantly. I've got to be able to talk people into doing stuff that they don't even know how to do, or they might not even be able to speak to me because they speak another language. I think being a hair show artist has taught me so much because it's like, you know, everybody can be a model. Everybody can be helpful. You just need to find the job that suits the individual. You know, I once had a really, really quiet kid. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, he works for Stephen Terry Cowan at PSC, our distributors in Chicago. And this gentleman, I've known him. He's been through beauty school with us. He's from Escanaba, Michigan. He's a great kid. I know his mom. Uh, But he's very quiet. And like, Terry's like, he's your show director. I'm like, oh my God. 
So I had one of the team members, I go, braid his hair like Snoop Dogg. And then I kept on calling him Snoop. I'm like, come on, Snoop, let's go. You gotta set the lions out, Snoop, you know? So for the whole weekend, that kid lived larger. So we tried it on. Wow. You know? So like, you gotta try on who you wanna be. Um, it's real easy to be a stranger from out of town because nobody knows who you are. So try on the behaviors you wanna see in yourself while you're there. Is experiment with your fashion, with your hair. Um, you know, I've had some doozy of a haircut and yet, you know, on Easter, I guess everybody was like, let's pull out old pictures and look at ourselves. And yet I got sent so many pictures. I was like, who even let me out of the house in that outfit, you know, or some people will send us pictures at a hair show. And I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what is up with that? Like who thought you could be that naked on stage and not get arrested? You know, I got no business, but now I know better because as I get older, there's an iconic way you should be remembered. It's the way I remember Paul Mitchell. It's mm. the way that I remember people that have shaped and changed my life that may not be on the planet anymore. Uh, there was an amazing gentleman that worked for John Paul Mitchell Systems. His name was Robert Yates. Robert Yates was like Daddy Warbucks and I was Annie. That man was remarkable and he liked to find the diamond in the rough. And I mm. sure was that girl. And the things that I got to do because of him and how I was able to hold myself, he was one of my greatest mentors. And I got to speak at his funeral and it was a remarkable day because I could see him going through the crowd. Uh, Stephanie, they need another drink. Stephanie, they're out of napkins. I could see uh -huh. <laughs> in the people that assembled. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to take a chance to talk to somebody who might be out of your social zone. Yeah, that's good. I love, awesome. I love what you said. Try on who you want to be, live big and just really stretch yourself. I, I love that. And then number eight, I said, deselect de people or things that don't bring you joy. I, that's so huge. And like you said, with yoga, you're like a couple of those moves I couldn't do. And same thing with me. I'm doing beach body on demand. I'm like, I ain't doing that one. I'll do this instead, <laughs> especially the stretching exercises. And then number nine, uh, what brings you service? So as a hustler, just constantly thinking how you can serve. And I just, I love that about you because you always say yes to serving. And like you said, you spoke to 800 future professionals. I'm certain you've spoken to more future professionals than oh, that was just this week. Like just one week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're like in three days. And then number 10, I put simplify your life. I love that because again, crisis reveals right priorities. And I think right now, like you said, the universe is calling out for us to simplify our life and to really, really look at those priorities. I think that's huge. So thanks for bringing that up. What else, what did I miss on our steps to be a hustler as we end this out, Stephanie? Know what you're great at. Um, you know, I cut hair, I color hair, I style hair. What am I the best at? Mm -hmm. I'm the best at getting things organized and implemented and whatever's left over, I'll finish it whether it's a cut, a color. If I'm on stage with Robert, Big Bob's cutting hair. Uh, you know, if I'm on stage with Robert and Mary, I'm probably styling hair because Robert and Mary are coloring hair. 
Uh, you know, if I'm on stage with Noogie, Noogie's going to take over the long hair scene because he's more relevant. He's closer to age to the audience than I am. And he is amazing. You know, you've got to find your place in the picture. Um, and I think that, you know, you can't, uh, assume that someone knows what you want unless you use integrity in your words. You can't, I don't have the permission to be mad at somebody that's doing something I once did or want to do because I wasn't selected. It's okay. I'm selected to do other things. That was a big, uh, transformational moment. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a transformational moment. I agree. And that's beautiful. So number 11, I said, know what you're great at and find your place in the picture. That, that is so, so powerful. And I think it goes back to asking those truth tellers in your life too, and just kind of trying things on as well too. And, and don't be afraid of being rejected too. Ooh, you know? Yeah. Don't be afraid of being rejected and keep fighting for what you want. I know there's so many masterminds I'm speaking on a salon owner mastermind tonight. And and I had to fight for that to get, to get into that mode of doing that. I know we're doing a mastermind with you and several other incredible speakers like Robert and Mary and Kelly and, and Colin and, and a few other people. So I'm excited about that next Monday. It's free, free webinar coming up, which I'm excited. So that'll be a good six week um, mastermind that we're going to do. So Stephanie, I know to get a hold of you, it's your last name. It's K-O-C-I-E-L-S-K-I, correct? So yep. on Instagram, that's how you can find her. And definitely, you can definitely private message her or direct message, as she said, DM. I always say PM. <laughs> Not PMTS, just PM, for, you know, private message. So Stephanie, what last piece of advice? And thank you so much for being on this. I knew it was going to be epic and you are a hustler and I'm so proud of you. And I'm so glad you pulled through from your surgery. And I just love you so much. Thank you, Tina. I, I adore you and your family. And as your family grows, I mean, that we even snuck your grandchild in and sat him in JP's chair. Uh, <laughs> that was like, so special. <laughs> you know, uh, and I love Brian. He can run the company. I'm like, Brian, he's not out of diapers yet. Give him a <laughs> I don't think the kid was walking then, you know. Um, I think as a last message, I think like, Find where you want to go and don't be afraid to climb the ladder that it takes. Don't be afraid of hard work. Uh, I walked in the shoes of assistants, rising stars, whatever you personally call it, new talent. I've walked on the, you know, in the salon and I worked next to people that were better than me, but eventually I kind of migrated and kind of got to understand how they did things, whether it be hairdressing, cutting or coloring. Uh, it's okay to always be a student. I'm never finished learning. And I think the most important thing, it's your life, how you want to live it. You want to be angry when you're old. When I was a kid, I took a scuba diving class. And as we were out on the boat, you know, I mean, the boat were rocking. I'm sure I saw shark fins. I'm sure, you know, <laughs> and the gentleman that conducted the class said, you know, you're going to see things under the water that don't exist anywhere on the planet. And he told us the story of a lady that uh, used to scuba dive every year. And as she stopped coming because her age prevented her to dive, she was like, you know, as I sit in my rocking chair on my patio, I'm going to remember what I saw under the ocean until the day I die. 
well, that made me think, am I going to re- am I going to remember good things? What am I going to remember? I want to remember, have an adventure. I want to remember forging forward and being the best that I can be. Uh, Yeah, I might not be the best I can be every day because I might not feel this, that, or the other, but I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to get up every morning and do my hair and put on my red lipstick. And, uh, you know, (laughs) right now I'm dressing to the ankle. I'm fully in black from head to toe. Makeup lips are on with all the right everything, except I have some great little shoes on right now that I might not wear out of my house, you know, keeping my feet warm. <laughs> um, I think like you got to just, the world is here for you to enjoy and live in it. Um, you know, Do you want to just stay in your neighborhood or do you want to get out on the internet and investigate different places that you want to see? You could live in, live in the place you grew up in, but can you get out and see other parts of the world? So you understand how that be a little bit more compassionate or have some Mm -hmm. empathy for individuals that you might meet. I think just go for it. Nothing's stopping you, you know, nothing is stopping you and stop talk, stop the negative crap that you might be saying to yourself uh you know one of my friends said you're gonna be a victim or are you gonna be a winner i'm like i'm gonna be a winner and you know get back out in the game uh you know i've had the pleasure to look at photos and just different things show up be ready and uh you know if you're a lady put your lips on and get to work <laughs> you know uh anything's possible look at what you're doing tina you know, you're living, you're living your best life Mm -hmm. and you're honored with what you get to do and who you get to work with. I'm honored to have this time with you today. So plan it out, write it down. Um, I think too, one thing I get up every morning, maybe like 45 minutes earlier than I need to kind of get ready. And I sit and I look at what I want. I look at my four top goals. I look at what are my wins? What do I want to change? Uh, What insights and lessons did I learn? And how do I want to, what do I want to focus on that'll help me get to that? That's different than what I wrote down. So it's like a a review Uh, and I look at that every day to see, am I on it? Am I on my game? It would just be like, I'm checking a guest highlight. Is she lit then? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Time to take her to the wash house. You know, you got to look and see where you want to go and maybe put a plan. Maybe other people don't act like that, but I like to kind of have a little, I see something I want. I go for it. I love that stuff. I, I love especially that you said you want to be a victim or a winner. And I think we have a choice every day of our lives to choose one or the other. And you know and- what? I didn't know that I was a victim that day until someone pointed it out. And I love that person dearly for it. And I don't like Luke, don't leave it at the river because that's what I was dealing with, you know? So um, I think that, again, your dream team, be accountable those 10, 11 things that we talked about. Um, I just think it's like, where are we going? Where are we going? It's good. I love you, Stephanie, so I much. You Thank too. you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity <laughs> and uh, just always honored to show up. So thanks, Tina. Have a great uh, one. I love you. Bye-bye, Bye. Steph. 
Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.